Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. So look, if you got your Bibles, we're going to go ahead and jump into this. If you got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 8, verse 45. Amen. I, I felt freedom in here this morning from the moment the doors opened. Hallelujah. I felt the Holy Spirit in here from the moment we walked in the door. Amen. How many felt that with me this morning? Come on, somebody. How many is in agreement with me that freedom is in the house today? How many's already had some stuff broken off of them this morning? Lift your hands. Come on. Hallelujah. We've already had one soul saved this morning already, and the church service ain't over. Hallelujah. Come on. That ought to make you want to shout right there. I said we've already had one soul saved, and we're just getting into the Word. Come on, somebody. Glory be to God. So listen, if you got your Bibles, Luke chapter 8, verse 43 through 48. Do we have it? Yes, we have it up there. All right, if you're there, let me hear you say amen. Amen. So listen, I would like to title this message, Who Touched Me? Look at your neighbor and say, Who Touched Me? Y'all ever been somewhere before and you get touched by a stranger? You're like, Who Touched Me? Come on, let's be honest in the house, amen. Well, listen, we're going to read, okay? Luke chapter 8, verse 43, and it says this. And a woman having an issue of blood, 12 years, which has spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his, what? And, and immediately her issue of blood stanched. And Jesus said, Jesus said, come on, y'all better say it, come on. And Jesus said, who touched me? Oh, man. When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee. And you saying, who touched you? Peter, if y'all knew Peter, Peter was a quiet joker, amen. He, he, He was something else. We're talking about the same guy that cut somebody's ear off. Amen. He said, Lord, you're saying there's so many people around you right now, and you're asking who touched you. Verse 46. And Jesus said, somebody had touched me, for I perceive that the, we're going to study that, right? Some may have power, some may have virtue, is gone out of me. Verse 47. If y'all got it, we're going to go into verse 48. Amen. I told them through 46, but if y'all know me this I'll I'll change things up real quick. Amen. Do we have that? If not, we'll go to verse 47, okay? And when the woman saw that she was not, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed. Verse 48. And he said unto her, daughter, Be of good comfort. Thy faith had made thee whole. Go in peace. Let's bow our heads this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Father, that you took the time out 
this morning to send your spirit to be with us. We thank you this morning, Lord Jesus, that your blood was shed for us on Calvary so that we may be saved. This morning, Lord, we beg to touch you. Lord, this morning, Lord, we ask that your spirit and your presence would use this word to break off bondage and powers of darkness so that we may be delivered. Lord, we pray that you would give us the strength, Lord, to hold on to your coming. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Let me get a sip of this water real quick. Now listen, before I go into my word, I was supposed to do this earlier, uh, I want to make a quick couple announcements, all right? Uh, the first announcement is the Trunk or Treat, amen? Come on, somebody, the Trunk or Treat, October 30th, come on, let's give that a hand clap, amen? We've seen a lot of, I think there was 500, 400 something people last year, I'm pretty sure it seemed like it if it wasn't, and there was people getting prayed for. Uh, up by the doors. I mean, there was people giving their life to the Lord. Wanting he they were getting healings. They were wanting to be prayed for. So I believe that, amen, God will use that. Hallelujah. Listen to me. The devil's trying to steal them, but guess what? We're going to beat the devil at his own game. Bring them to church. Bring them to church. Amen. We'll, we'll handle the rest, okay? So that's going to be October 30th, all right, at 4 p.m. Amen. What, what day? October what? Four o'clock, amen. Also, another announcement. We have the shoe boxes located right outside, and you can see this uh, here. It's a beautiful thing. Um, the Samaritan's Purse, uh, what they do is we fill these shoe boxes. We'll ship them across the water, amen. And there's a lot of children on this earth that will not have a Christmas, amen. But we're going to do everything we can to make sure children have a Christmas this year. Come on, somebody. We're going to make sure these babies get something for Christmas, amen. So that's going to be deadline November 13th. You can find a shoebox out there with items that you need to pack, all right. There's a few items that they don't allow, so uh, make sure you take a picture of that list out there. Guys, I think the last year, what was it, 200 last year, I think, this year, let's shoot for 300, amen? This year, let's set another mark, hallelujah. So I challenge everybody in here, if you would, before you leave, grab a shoe box, and let's make sure we get it here, amen? Hallelujah. Listen to me, I'm going to do what I do with uh, my youth group, all right? I'm going to count to three, and, uh, okay, are we live? Okay, all right. So we're going to have pastor appreciation next Sunday, uh, next Sunday night, all right? Next Sunday night, okay, October 9th, 2022, uh, 6 p.m. at the gym. All right, we are asking every family to bring a side dish and dessert as the church will furnish the meat. Let's make this a special time to show our love and appreciation to them. Amen. How many is thankful for our pastor? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. How many is thankful for Pastor Cornelius and, and Sister Judy? Um before I get into this, I want to, to honor them. Um, Pastor Cornelius, there's a difference between honor and a flattering tongue. Amen? Come on, somebody. There's a difference between telling somebody good things to move up and, and honoring someone. Amen? And, and I want to honor Pastor this morning because Pastor's been much more than a man that preaches behind this pulpit. Look, 
Pastor, there comes a whole nother cup you got to drink with that. Amen? He's got to face every one of our problems. Spiritually, he has to go through everything we go through. That's part of the shepherd's thing. That's what he does. Amen? So I'm thankful that we have a pastor that will go out to his shed every morning, and he will pray and intercede for his church family. Hallelujah. I'm pretty sure he's probably watching or listening. So if we could, let's give pastor a hand clap, a big wave this morning. Amen? Pastor, we love you. Pastor Judy, we love you. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. All right, so let's hop in this word. All right, so what was the question Jesus asked? Who touched me? Amen. All right, so I was sitting at the house the other night, and I've challenged myself to read the Gospels over again. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. How many knows the Gospels are basically the same story, right? The story of Jesus Christ. But it's told in different point of views. Amen? How many knows that somebody in this house can have one point of view and somebody else can have another point of view, but when it's the Holy Spirit, it all lines up. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. I'm going to tell you something, all right? In the book of Mark, I was reading, and it was talking about leading up to the crucifixion. And it talked about how there was a few high priests, Pharisees, right? And as Jesus was standing in front of Pontius Pilate, these Pharisees was trying to make accusations to Jesus, right? They looked at Pontius Pilate, and they were all trying to tell these different stories, but they didn't line up. Listen to me. The enemy's stories don't line up, guys. He's lying to you. It don't line up. So when the enemy starts to lie to you, look at it and say, look, man. That don't line up with the word of God. And if it don't line up with the word of God, I ain't got time for it. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Listen, a lot of times we're defeated because we listen to the enemy. What that? I ain't got time for that. Amen. I don't got time for the devil. I'm too busy trying to make sure that my family is walking into heaven. I'm too busy trying to do the things of the Lord. Satan, get behind me because I ain't got time for you. Amen. That's what we should start telling him. So all the Gospels line up. And as I was reading in the book of Luke, I've read this story many times. And it's the woman with the issue of blood. Now, as we see this story, we see a woman here who's had an issue for how many years? Twelve years. Listen to me. Twelve years is a long time. Amen. Now think about this. It says that she's had it 12 years. So before this issue, I'm pretty sure she had an okay life. I'm pretty sure life to her was okay. She probably lived like the rest of the people during that time and and everything was good. But all of a sudden, an obstacle jumps in the road. Listen to me. The devil throws obstacles at you and in your life because if he can scar you, he can keep you from the calling God has for you. So listen, this is what happened. He threw this blood issue at this woman and he said, here you go. I'm going to put this infirmity on you. And now your identity is no longer going to be whatever her name was. Now your identity is going to be the woman with the issue of blood. Listen, the devil's first attack to a believer is to steal your identity. If he can steal your identity, he can steal your power. 
If he can steal your power, he can beat you down. Amen. If he beats you down, he'll start to strip your faith. And when he strips your faith, it seems like you can't win any fight. I believe more than ever, we are in the day and hour that the devil's back is against the wall. How many has ever seen a fighter and, and they're in the cage, amen, and their back gets against the wall? What's the first thing they're trying to do? They're trying to move away from the cage. Why? Because when you got the enemy pinned up, they don't have anywhere to go, and all it takes is one blow to knock them out. I'm here to tell the church this morning, we got the devil's back against the wall, and he don't know what to do. He's swinging with his arms wide open, and he's trying to get away from the cage. I'm telling some believers this morning it's time that you square that devil up and you take your identity and you punch him right in the face don't be what's the point of being beat down what's the point of it guys being beat down being depressed listen and I'm not saying you got to walk around all the time smiling happy-go-lucky because every things happen to all of us amen we all go through battles. We all go through things. But listen to me. We don't glory in what we can do to get out of the battle. We glory in the one in which the battle belongs to. The Bible says that the battle belongs to the Lord. Listen to me. You may be going through a battle this morning, but the battle is not yours. If you try to fight this battle, you're going to lose every time. But if you say, Jesus, I give this battle to you, I'm telling you the devil's going to wave that white flag and he's going to say I surrender Lord I'm done I'm not going to fight him no more I believe this morning the Lord is equipping an army generations and generations to fight devils listen to me if we go back into the ancient times of scripture we see that before anything, there was angels in heaven. And it said that when Satan had betrayed God, he had took a third of the angels with him to turn on God. Why did Satan want to turn on God? One word, church, envy. Can I preach the truth this morning? Y'all promise y'all going to still love me? Listen to me, it's time we stop being jealous of our brother and sister beside us. Listen, the Bible says to glory in your brother and sister's success. You know why? Because when your brother and sister starts to move forward, you glory with them. God's going to take you and he's going to move you forward. God's not testing how good you are. Listen, Jesus looked at his disciples. Let me tell you, James and John, they looked at Jesus, and they said, Jesus, we, we want to request one thing. Jesus said, what is that? They said, we want to sit on your right side and on your left side. Jesus looked at them, and he said, do you know the cup you're going to have to drink to get that? Listen, I don't think they really understood, and they didn't. Many times they asked, Lord, what are you, what are you talking about? The temple is going to be destroyed. What are you talking about? You're going to be given into the hands of the enemy. Jesus looked at them, and he said, there's a cup for that. He said, and that's not my call. That's the Father's, which is in heaven. 
And the rest of the disciples looked at James and John and they was like, are y'all crazy? Listen to me, our goal shouldn't be to outdo the next, amen? Jesus looked at the disciples after you read that and he looked at them and he said, listen, he said the ones with the most power aren't going to be the ones who are served. He said the ones with the most power are going to be the ones who serve. Amen. So we're not going to be glorified if we're being served. Hallelujah. The only way that God is wanting to help us prosper, if we can look at our friend, look at the person beside us and say, you got a raise in your job. Let's jump and let's shout and give God some praise. I pray that you get another one. Listen, if we really want to walk into what God has for the church, it's time that we, we look at the people that we've been through some things with. It happens in the church all the time. There's a disagreements, arguments, all those things. It's not about what happens in that present moment. It's about what you do about it later. And I ain't talking about swinging on them. I'm talking about saying, brother, I'm sorry. I apologize. I've had a grudge in my heart for a very long time. And I'm sorry that I did these things to you. The first thing the devil wants to do is take your identity of a believer and turn you into a person with an issue. Come on, somebody. How many has ever been mad at somebody and says, I got an issue with you? I got an issue and we got to sort it out. Look, it's okay to handle things in a Christ-like manner. But it's another thing to handle things out of hate. Amen? This is a church of family and love. And I believe that God's going to take this church and turn it into ecclesia. Amen? How many knows we're no longer building? I heard a preacher say this morning, we're no longer building a normal church. Now we're building ecclesia. Amen? Ecclesia is the bride that Jesus is returning for. Hallelujah. Listen to me. The days of putting my clothes on and going to sit in a pretty Sunday morning service is over. Hallelujah. The rapture could happen any moment. And by God, I got to be ready. Amen. So now we have a woman here who's she, she's been okay her whole life, but all of a sudden she has an issue. And this issue goes on for 12 years. And if we read in the Bible, it says that she tried every physician in the land. Hallelujah. I used to suffer depression. They used to tell me that marijuana made it better. The devil is a lie. I used to suffer suicide. They told me that lower tabs made it better. The devil is a lie. I used to get sleepy. They told me that methamphetamine and Adderall would make you better. The devil is a lie. Listen to me. Many of us have tried many physicians in the land, and it seems like every time we walk in the doctor's office, they tell us one thing, and they tell us another thing, and it seems like we walk away with the same issue. She went to one doctor. 
I need you to help me. I have this issue of blood. I can't get it figured out. And I'm pretty sure he may have gave her some basil leaves or something back in that time to help her. And she goes home and she tries it out. And she may get a temporary fix. She may be okay for a little while. And then all of a sudden, that same issue rises back up. She goes to another physician. I need you to help me. Same thing occurs. Then all of a sudden, Jesus Christ of Nazareth walking through a city, stepping with his, with his disciples around him. I can see my Lord right now. He probably was just walking through, smiling, doing what he does. The Bible says that Jesus would groan mo a lot of times. He was probably walking through just speaking in tongues. Amen. I ain't got time for you, devil. Come on, somebody. I got work to do. He's walking through this crowd, and the Bible says that there was multitudes. Multitudes makes me think that there was many out there. There was multitudes, and, and, and it says that they were thronging him. So that means, that means to tell me that as Jesus was walking, the multitude of the crowd was pushing, and they was trying to see this man that they've been hearing about. I'm pretty sure they was looking at their friends, and they were saying, Hey, hey, listen, that's the man that healed the leper. That's the man that healed Mary Magdalene. That's the man that cleansed the diseases. That's the man that heals the blind. That's the man that raised Lazarus. That's that's the man that's done mighty miracles that no other man has ever done. My, lo ooh, my Lord's identity has never changed and it never will. The identity of Jesus Christ is the man who cleansed the leper. The man who makes things that are impossible come true. So if my Lord's identity has never changed, that means that my identity should never change. Pull out your driver's license. D don't do it. I'm just telling you. You pull out your driver's license and you see your name, your height, your weight, your hair color. When you pull out your spiritual license... There's only going to be one thing that the demons of hell are going to look for. C-O-G, child of God. Then he's going to grab your license and he's going to say, huh, child of God, huh? Okay, let's see about that. You know what? I'm going to take a little bit of your money away this week. You know what? I'm going to make your power bill a little harder. You know what? I'm going to arise some issues on you. Listen to me. There's a lot of times at that moment we sit back and we say, man, that is rough. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? Listen to me. I'm going to tell you how. Jesus has sent his spirit to be with us, dwell with us upon this earth. And just as Jesus was walking through the crowd, the Holy Spirit is walking through the crowd. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Lord. And just as everybody else has issues, do you think that that woman was the only one with issues in that, in that crowd? No. 
I'm pretty sure out of a multitude, there was many that was suffering depression. I'm pretty sure that there was many that was going through anxiety. I'm pretty sure there was many that needed more money, needed some circumstances in their life changed. And they were thronging him. But listen to me. They was looking unto Jesus for all the wrong reasons. They was looking unto Jesus just to see if he was who he was. But this woman was looking unto Jesus because she knew he was who he is she's never met him before she's never seen him before but as she looks upon him something arises in this woman there's a drawing in her spirit that is looking upon Jesus and is saying that man is different. There's something that sets him apart. He don't have a white coat on. He don't have a physician tag on. But he's got the glory of God all over his life. And I know that this man is not like any other man. Listen to me. The disciples are around Jesus. She's probably looking at the disciples like, yeah, that's his followers. And I see them. I see their heart for him. Him, but Jesus is standing out. He's set apart. And she's looking at a multitude of people. They're all standing in her way. And she says, I don't have time to waste and sit back. I don't have time to worry about how big the crowd is. I don't have time to see how many eyes are on me. I have an issue. And today it's got to be fixed. Come on, somebody. She looks at this crowd, and if she's anything like me, she probably got her a little running start, Brother Justin. She was probably standing there, and she was probably saying, I got an issue, but it's leaving today. I got an issue, but I'm not holding on to it any longer. She probably got a running start. And listen to me, I believe as she was running, she was probably a little bitty woman. She was running. I'm pretty sure she was getting bumped. She was getting pushed. She was getting pushed to the ground. The Bible even says that they begin to spit on her. What are you doing, woman, with the issue of blood? She kept pressing. She kept crawling. And she didn't give up and all of a sudden she grabbed the garment of Jesus and she was healed immediately and as many circled Jesus many there was a multitude of people as they touched him and bumped him all of a sudden Jesus' eyes raise up, and he says, who touched me? See, Jesus felt the physical touch of many other people, but there was only one that was able to bring the virtue the spiritual touch out of Jesus. Listen to me. There's another life other than this skin that's covering your heart. There's a life of the spirit that is never going to end and it's going to last forever. If you don't take a hold to the supernatural life, I'm here to tell you today you're going to miss the mark. I'm here to tell you this morning that if you don't take a hold to the spirit realm, you're never going to win. Hallelujah. If you'll just open your heart this morning and say I'm not leaving 
leaving this church until I have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. If you would do that, today you would see what the woman was going through. This is what the devil likes to do. You got an issue, you're never going to get touched. You got an issue, it'll be all right, you'll get it fixed later. You got an issue, you don't deserve it. You don't think the devil told that woman that? You don't think that she felt like she was at the bottom of the earth and Jesus was a million miles away? She did. But she pressed and she touched him and, and Jesus looked and he said, who touched me? The Bible says that he felt the virtue go out of him. Listen to me. When the virtue of Jesus Christ grabs a hold to your life, demons tremble. Depression breaks. Suicide has to leave. Listen to me. Devils don't fear your fist. Devils fear your knees. Devils don't fist how uh, don't fear how good you can fight. A devil's scared of how much your faith is and who you believe. The book of Timothy says, and I heard a preacher by the name of Evangelist Nathan Morris preached a message one time called "I Know in Whom I Have Believed." Listen to me. The devil ain't scared about what you can do with your fist. He's scared in the one that you believe in. Hallelujah. The devil wasn't scared of her walking and pushing through the crowd the devil was scared that if she got a hold to Jesus this issue would leave that's what he was scared of the devil wasn't scared of her he was scared of her perseverance the devil wasn't scared of her he was scared of her faith the devil wasn't scared of her. He was scared of the gifts that God had given her to recognize that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And listen to me. When she touched Jesus, now the virtue of Christ has now imparted into her. Somebody say impartation. An impartation is when you take something of yourself and spiritually you deliver it unto another. Listen to me. When people fall out in the spirit up here and people uh, get touched and you see them crying and speaking in tongues, it's not because my fleshly hand or pastor's fleshly hand or a prayer warrior's fleshly hand did something to make them do that. It's because there was impartation of the supernatural. The Holy Spirit went through their hands. The Spirit, listen to me, the Bible says that the flesh is a temple of the Holy Ghost. All this flesh is doing is holding in what's really on the inside of you and that's your soul listen to me when the holy ghost begins to move the body can't hold it in hallelujah jesus imparted a virtue went out of him and she didn't even have to touch his skin she touched a piece of his clothing a garment and as the virtue went out of him she was healed immediately so out of all these people and all of this multitude, only one person could bring the virtue out of Christ. 
Only one person out of thousands and thousands sitting there touching him. Only one could bring the virtue out of him. Here's my question to you today. Will you touch him? Will you touch him? I, listen, this is what the Holy Spirit gave me this morning. Being part of the crowd don't do nothing. You can come to church all you want and sit in the crowd all you want, but that's not going to do anything for you. There was many that was a part of the crowd, but none of them felt the virtue of Jesus Christ. Being part of the crowd will only leave you to hang and fall. Listen to me. Being part of the crowd is not what is going to secure you a spot in heaven. What's going to secure you a spot in heaven is saying, I refuse to be a follower. I'm leading my way to the garment of Jesus Christ. Coming to church don't save us. Being in the congregation doesn't save us serving on a volunteer team does not save us saying a, a prayer that the preacher says to say does not save us trying to do good things does not save us my friend, the thing that saves us is whenever you stand and you say, Lord, I got to touch you. Lord, I don't care what they think. I don't care what they say. Lord, I have an issue and I got to touch you. I read this scripture and I went to my closet. And I cried for 30 minutes. Because all the times I've went in my closet and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. It was like I was just saying words coming out of my mouth. And I, I felt the Holy Ghost tell me, don't go in there and say anything. Open your heart and touch the feet of Christ. Out of the mouth, the abundance of the heart speaks. Your heart is what touches him. And when your heart touches him, your mouth speaks. When you feel him, your heart and your mouth begin to connect. And then all of a sudden, your mind begins to think different thoughts. Listen to me. I'm pretty sure, listen, we've seen it in scripture. The Bible says that when she touched Jesus, she realized that she was no longer hid. Sometimes we get caught hiding in the crowd. Sitting. Wondering. What do I need to do now? But that woman, she said, Brother Jack, I'm sorry, but I got to leave you here. Boom. And immediately she was no longer hid. Jesus asked, who touched me? And the Bible says that she was no longer hid. 
And he immediately, she began to tell the people, listen, I had an issue. I've been suffering from this issue for 12 years. I've been going through these things for a very long time. But listen, I got to tell y'all something, crowd. All of y'all was looking at him to find out who he was. I've come to tell you today, there is evidence and there is proof of who he is. I was a sinner in need of a savior and I touched the garment and now look what the Lord has done in our lives the virtue we don't have to see some crazy cancer miracle happen to believe look around I wasn't always a preacher as a matter of fact I'm still trying to get my speech together Moses couldn't talk straight God appeared unto him in a bush. He said, Moses, quit worrying about if you're good enough. Moses, quit worrying about if your speech is good enough. Moses, quit worrying about if you've got the right words to say. I'm going to stand on this pulpit and I'm about to declare right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Some of you have been worrying about if you're good enough. Somebody of y'all have been worrying about if you can talk good enough. If you look good enough. I'm here to tell you today, honey, it don't matter how good you can talk. It don't matter how you look. It don't matter how old you are. The blood was shed for you. And and I'm telling you today, it's time to pick up your stuff and get and touch Jesus. You're called. You're anointed. You're chosen. You know what sets Jesus apart from any other? Is that his mercy and his love endures forever. You know what sets Jesus apart from any other? Is that he sees when we're trying to hide. But he also sees when you're pressing through the crowd. He sees when you feel like you're not good enough. But he also sees when you press through not feeling good enough. He sees whenever your children and, and your family just won't do right. But he also sees when you pray for them anyways. I've come to tell you today that Jesus ain't looking at your trials and your tribulations. Jesus ain't looking at your issue. Jesus is only looking at the fact if you are willing to say, devil, this seat ain't going to hold me down. I'm no longer going to be held by fear. I'm no longer going to be gripped by depression. Today is the day that I feel the virtue. Listen to me, church. Jesus don't care about the issue because the issue is already handled. Jesus cares about your heart. Jesus cares about your soul. Jesus cares about your eternity. Jesus cares about your identity. Trying to be good enough is not good enough. Pressing through the crowd and giving everything you got. Listen to me. I know there's days where you're tired. I know there's days when you're hungry. I know there's days when your head is hurting. I know there's days when you can't move anymore or move any, fo any more forward. But I'm here to tell you today that, listen, if your heart will just be opened, you don't have to stand up and preach a pretty message. You don't have to stand up and try to proclaim things. All you got to do is open up your heart and say, Jesus, if I live, I'll serve you. If I die, I'll 
I'll still serve you. Jesus, if I'm delivered from this, I'll serve you. If I'm not, I will still serve you. My friend, you got to be willing to serve him in the good and serve him in the bad. Because the God that we serve is the God of the living and not the God of the dead. Devil, take away my dollar bills. Take away my fancy clothes, my fancy shoes. Take away my vehicle. Take away everything that I have. But one thing you can't take is my salvation. The devil don't have authority to blot a name out the Lamb's book of life. The devil don't have the authority to take away the fact that you've given your life to Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something today. The devil is a wimp, and I'll look at him and tell him that. The devil don't have the authority that our Lord has. The devil, we've been giving him too much credit, church. We've been saying that he was this and saying that he's that. Don't get me wrong. Don't overlook him. But if I got the Lord on my side, if God be for me, who can be against me? For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Daniel, I know there's lions surrounding you. But Daniel, I made the lions. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I know there's fire around you. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I made the fire. I know there's a blood clot in your body and in your legs and in your arms, but I made the blood and I told the winds and the waves when to move. I'm here to tell you today, a blood clot can't hold you back. Uh, Cancer can't hold you back. Uh, Nothing can hold you back if you will press to the feet of Jesus. Like rivers of living water out of your belly. The word of God will flow. The weapons of warfare are not carnal, but spiritual. Your miracle is not what the physicians can do, but what the virtue of Christ can do. Your fresh anointing is not reading every book in the Bible. Your fresh anointing is opening up your heart and saying, Jesus, can I touch you? Listen to me. When Jesus was in the garden, I heard a preacher preaching on this this morning. He said, Father, you have heard me. And at that moment, Jesus was filled with peace because Jesus knew I'm in the hands of God. I'm in the bosom of God. Pilate, Pharisees, Sadducees, you can beat me all you want. (laughs) He said, I'm going to raise and I'm going to raise. 
Pharisees, Sadducees, you can put me to death, but death ain't going to hold me forever. Because God says that on the third day, the temple will be rebuilt. And it ain't going to be rebuilt on anything that can be knocked over. But it can be built upon the rock of our salvation. Listen to me. The devil is coming after you. But I want you to look at him and say, if God be for me, who can be against me? For my word says that I am a child of God. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am called. I am chosen. I am the one who serves, the one who saves. Your identity means everything. Who touched me? Last thing, and I'm going to close with this. I was praying last night. And I said, God, Lord Jesus, when I stand before you, when I'm before you on judgment day, Lord, I want you to know who I am. And I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart and say, you touched me. You know how Jesus is going to know who you are? Because you touched him. Jesus never forgot the woman who touched him. I can guarantee you a million times out of a million times, that the woman who touched Jesus, whoo, is mm, still touching him today. I can guarantee you today, the woman who touched Jesus is still healed and cleansed today. I can guarantee you today that the woman who touched Jesus is sitting in heaven with the elders and the saints and the angels and crying, you are holy. Do you want to know why? Because when she felt the virtue of Christ, she knew that there was nothing like this. She knew she wanted nothing else but the virtue of Jesus. Church, I'm here to ask you today, will you touch him and be remembered?